one verse. It's a familiar verse. And then we're going to go back into a time of, of focus and of, and of worship, but really an intentional time in worship to really focus on Jesus and to go after something very specific. Philippians chapter 4, again, you've heard it. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. And I'm going to read this. is not on the screen. I'm just going to keep on reading into verse 7. It says, Let your gentle gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God in the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You have to know in these first, in the first three verses, Paul is speaking to these two women who are literally at odds with one another in the church. They're literally at odds. And, and he comes and he speaks and he challenges them for, for one very, very simple reason, because he knows that in this place, that where there is dissension and disunity in the body, then the church can't fully be the church. Because God can't ultimately worship and follow when there's disunity. So he comes and says, listen, the life of the body and the life of the people of God, the church working together, it's imperative that there's unity here. And then he comes down here in verse 4 and he then begins to give them this ideal that they are to pursue a reality that can define their existence. He says, now I want you to rejoice. This is this exhortation of Paul. I want you to rejoice. And then he says again, but let me say it again. Let me say it again, right? He says, rejoice, and I will say it again, rejoice. You see, one of the things you have to recognize is that so often in our lives, expression of joy and rejoicing seems counterintuitive to everything going on in life, doesn't it? We, we're in this moment and there's this great tension. And so in our lives, we are really good at expressing joy and, and rejoicing in those moments we have reason to. Those things in life that produce excitement and joy. But, Paul, but Paul's coming here and saying rejoice. Guys, I will say it again, rejoice, because here's the thing. Paul was speaking a word of rejoicing. In a situation where he himself is in prison with literally impending death awaiting him. So he's speaking into the moment, speaking to himself, speaking, saying, rejoice, rejoice in this moment, right? Not because of my circumstances, but rejoice because of who we know. And he says, I will say it again, because when he's looking at this Philippian church, we find out later in verses 20, excuse me, earlier on in chapter 1, 28 and 30, that Scripture tells us that they are literally going through everything that Paul is going through. Like everything that Paul's experiencing, they are experiencing. Every, there's literally opposition, we're told, that's coming against them, literally trying to produce fear. And so I think in the moment Paul says rejoice, and all of a sudden he sits back very realistically and practically and goes, let me say it again. I know everything going on in my life. I know everything going on in your life. But I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice, and I will say it again, rejoice. This beautiful reality, right? I will say it again, rejoice. As we come to the end of this year, I want you to be a people who recognize that the command, the exhortation that Paul gives to the Philippians is no different than God gives us this morning. As we end our year, it's a time of rejoicing. 
Not because of all the great things that have happened. Because joy is not found in the cause of, because of circumstances. The cause of our joy is not circumstances around us. They, as followers of Jesus, can have and maintain a spirit of joy. We can and should, for one simple reason, maintain joy. Jesus is with us. Because Christian joy is independent of all things on earth, but it has its source in our continual connection and relationship with Jesus. Christians will never and can never lose their joy because Jesus, the source of their joy, is with them. And so as we end this year in worship, as we go back into song, I want us to take time this morning and I want us to focus on this word where Paul says rejoice and I will say it again because of your knowledge of Jesus let's be a people who model he says these are these qualities to define our life he names here rejoicing and joy he he names gentleness we read about in verse in verse 5 says be anxious in nothing but enter right by prayer by prayer and petition with thanksgiving come before the Lord and he will be near to us. See, I want to challenge you as we, as, we end, as we end our time in worship this morning to take some time and take some moment. Whether you want to stand and sing, whether you want to sit and meditate on what's being sung or meditate on Jesus. This morning, I want to invite you to t- take your focus off of self and off, off of circumstances. Be honest with yourself about where you are in the context of rejoicing. And say, God, I want to rejoice, not because of circumstances, because I know you. See, that's why it's so, listen, that's why it's so imperative, which means really important. It's imperative that as followers of Jesus, that we don't, this is so important, we do not allow our gaze to fall off of Jesus. We know our gaze is pulling away or falling away from Jesus when joy is not defining our existence. When the knowledge of God's love is not overwhelming us. When we're not walking with gentleness defining our existence, right? These traits of God's spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control when we are looking and gazing upon jesus the fruit of our gaze are the fruit of the spirit and so as we worship this morning i want to invite you to enter into a dialogue a conversation with jesus of where is my gaze and father can i and speak to our soul david again and again said he says rejoice he spoke to himself he says worship the lord worship god We speak to ourselves, rejoice, God is good. Rejoice, for he is with us. Rejoice, because Jesus, he died, he resurrected, he is with us, and he's coming again. And so as we worship this morning, if you want to stand back up, you can. We're going to have ministry teams available on both sides just to pray for some of you, because some of you are struggling this morning. And you say, I just want God to move in my life. I don't know if we have specified ministry teams, so if you're mission, let's go ahead and get up. First one wins, right? First one there wins. And I want you to, and you can come forward. We want to pray for you this morning. You want to come to the altar? Come to the altar. 
But this morning, we want to do business with Jesus. We want to end our year. Listen, we, listen, this is the way grace works. You may have been awful, awful at rejoicing all year. We'll end strong. Can I get an amen? And I want you to launch into the next year saying, God, my circumstances will not define me. My eternal circumstance of knowing Jesus is preeminent and priority in my life. And I will rejoice. And I will say it again. I will rejoice for be glad in it for you are good, Lord. And I love you, Jesus. So I invite you this morning to respond as the Lord leads. And let's, let's this morning be honest with God. And let's end well and launch well. And if you start stinking it up again in about a month, then there's grace again. Say, God, and sorry, I'm going to rejoice. And let's make this a year where circumstances do not define us except for our eternal circumstance of knowing and being loved by Jesus.